0: Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to another to an episode of the RSR show with me, with me, Ryan, my cousin Rob, and of course Stacy. And Stacy is in with us. And Rob, Stacy, we're gonna have to. First, we're gonna have to give a moment of silence for our brackets.
0: (laughs) Dead as a doornail.
1: So uh Brothers and sisters, I urge you guys to stay strong. Okay, stay strong. I, I didn't even burn my bracket this year. Like I, on the last Sunday show we did, I explained that to my our former my neighbor my former neighbor Dan Walker that I burned my bracket back in 2010. I used I went I found a barbecue grill. They had these barbecue pits at uh, at our complex. So I ran outside, I got a I used to, I was like, I used to smoke these El Paso cigarettes. This was when I was in college. I don't smoke now. And I went out there, I I went outside, smoked me a cigarette, and lit my uh my bracket, set it on fire. And I put it, I basically set that motherfucker on fire. <laughs> and t- today, like, because I don't have a printer, at you know, I don't have a printer, any of those things, I just gave my bracket back to God. So it's <laughs> up there and the, the bracket is right now in the heavens with Kobe Bryant, Nipsey Hussle, and of course, rest in power to Bobby Plager. Yep,
2: yep. Yeah, I man, yeah. mine, mine's been dead for since day one.
1: Wait, how did yours die after day one?
2: Uh, I picked some upsets just to try to get in. Like, I picked Liberty as an upset instead of the ones that were upsets. Uh, uh, I had Texas in the final four. I guess oh, that would take
1: you. Oh, you you had Texas in the final four. So here's 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 how mine's look. Um, and I'm looking at the men's bracket. Gonzaga of the Elite Eight, the teams that are still in the, in the tournament. I have, I have only three of the um, three of the teams that are in the Elite Eight: Gonzaga, Michigan, and Baylor. And uh, Houston, I had Houston going out in the Sweet Sixteen. I had Alabama going out in the Round of Sixteen. Uh, and I had Florida State. I had Michigan. I had like pretty much mine's. Had, like I got all, I have two of the teams, I have two final four teams left: Gonzaga and Michigan. On the women's side, on the in the women's tournament, my, my I'm in like the fifty-two percent percent. I'm in the fifty-two percentile, and I have right now, um, all but let's see here, all but um, I'm looking at this Baylor. I have Baylor. Indiana, Yukon. I mean Yukon, Indiana, I mean Yukon, Arizona. No, no, I don't have Arizona or Yukon. But I have Yukon, South Carolina, Stanford, and Louisville. And um I have five teams. I have four of the um, four teams in the tournament. Um that are still in the um, Elite Eight. They are still in the Elite in the Elite Eight. And three of my four teams are alive in the women on the women's side. But it feels so good, guys. And then we're going to jump right in and talk about t- today's games. It feels so good this year to actually talk about games and not talk about a damn pandemic. That's the thing that people that people are like, well, why are they playing in a pandemic? I'm like, dude, every, me and uh, my property manager had a conversation about this last uh, tonight. I said... After a while, I think after maybe a month, I was completely like over the whole pandemic. I'm like, I'm tired of hearing about the pandemic. I'm tired of hearing about COVID. Even though I took it seriously, you get kind of like fatigued by all the news that you get. So getting up, having to talk about basketball games and talk about NCAA tournament, talking about coaching changes, that feels normal to me. And I'm just and I, I really want to get y'all opinion on that.
2: Well, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm just happy to watch basketball again, really. Uh, it feels nice to just take my mind off stuff. And I also just love college basketball. So I'm just, I'm just in heaven watching sports all day. It's, it's, it's the best, man.
0: It's, it's even better when you have like all three of us had teams in the tournament this year, which was, was great. And so it's, it's even better when your team is in the tournament because this is the first time in years that I had a dog in this fight. So it was nice.
1: I mean, yeah. it, when you look at the history of LSU basketball and I explained it to you guys the other day, Will Wade is the first coach in the history of LSU basketball to take his team to three straight postseasons. It would have been a fourth post. It would have been a fourth postseason. Um, in a row had there been a tournament last year and he's also the first coach in the history of lsu basketball to win a tournament game in his in two of his first three seasons dale brown never did that dale brown Dell dale, dale brown never did that uh trent johnson he won an ncaa tournament game the first year his first year there they won a Uh, a conference championship his first year at, at, uh, at LSU and the program went downhill, but to actually have that happen. like in my lifetime, LSU has been to the round of 16. I want to say four times, like four times in my lifetime. They've been to the lead eight, three times, twice in my lifetime. They've been to a final four once in my lifetime. They've made it to like eight straight, like seven straight tournaments the first eight years i was like seven years i was alive they made it to seven straight uh ncaa tournaments they've been to i think and i'm counting this they've been to like eight in the last 20 years so it's not it's rare to see lsu in this spot It's very rare. It's like maybe every two or three years they're in the NCAA tournament and maybe every five years they'll win the tournament game.
0: I I think that's one of the reasons as far as with, with Alabama losing tonight that I'm not upset because I know we'll be back. Like normally you're like, damn, it might be another three or four years before we get back in, but I feel so good. It's like we lost, but I know what's coming back next year. I know what kind of coach we have. I feel pretty damn good that in the next couple of years, they're going to be a monster in the tournament and going to get to the Final Four, so it feels pretty good. I hate I think to that's lose, the- but hell,
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I,
1: mean yeah. I mean, that's the thing, that I think that's the good thing about it, because Alabama, I think Alabama basketball is in a lot good It's it's in better hands now than it was if this had been when Avery Johnson was there, when Anthony Grant was there, like, yes, they got to the NCAA tournament, but You just didn't see it. You just never thought to yourself that, hey, Alabama will be back in the tournament. Uh, You just never thought that. I mean, this time around, you see hope and you see that Nate Owens, I mean, Nate Owens, not not Nate Owens, but Nate Oates, he's got this program. He got these guys playing at a very high level and they're going to do a lot of good things. I mean, he's more to me. He's not, to me, a flavor of the month. Coach, the same way that I felt about somebody like Archie Miller at Indiana.
0: That's true. That's true. And like I said, I'm I'm fairly confident. I just compared it to football. I said, this kind of reminds me of Nick Saban, his second year at Alabama. Like the first year, I think Alabama went seven and five. And the next year, they won the West and they went to the SEC title game and lost against Tim Tebow in Florida, but you knew the nucleus was there to be better and from that point on, when they won that third year, and they won the championship, I think Nick Saban's third year, you knew they were going to be a powerhouse and I feel that about Alabama basketball It's like, you know, you know, they didn't make it, you know, past the sweet 16 but you know What's all coming back next year? What's coming in? You know they are going to be a threat every year from this point on, as long as Oates is there. So, no need for me to be sad. I, it was a good run. I didn't even honestly. When we were four and three in November, I was like, "No, no way in hell, this team is going to do anything." And for them to go on the run that they did to win twenty six games and win the SEC twice, I am not upset. <laughs> I could be upset, and then they, I mean, they played their guts out, so I can't be mad. Mm-mm. I
2: could be mad, but I'm not. I'm I'm jealous of you. I'm less high on on what Missouri's got going on right now. So, But at least we we got in another tournament. But, yeah, it's looking a little grim in Columbia. We just lost Xavier Pinson to to a transfer and uh, Mark Smith to a transfer and Parker Brown to a transfer also. We did get a good transfer coming in. Some dude from Green Bay, Wisconsin, who was putting up like 17 points a game in the Horizon League. But, uh, yeah, man, it's it's uh, – I'm, like, officially, like, I, I don't have, like, sympathy for Konzo Martin any, anymore. Like, the training wheels are off type of thing at this point. Like, I know Michael Porter Jr. was hurt that first year, and I actually think he did a brilliant job coaching that first year. Like, he took pretty much the same team as the year before. That was terrible and got them into the tournament. But, uh, yeah, like, he's just not getting the recruits we need, and it's it's – this team was a lot could have done a lot better i feel like so that was a, a pretty angry night <laughs> the other day when i, when we I saw
0: there. your tweets you were not happy at all
2: <laughs> no no and i like conzo and I, I really want him to succeed and i actually don't want to fire him because the program needs continuity so badly you know, like you can't just have a new basketball coach every three and a half years like you just can't do that so i'm fine to keep him around for a couple like two, three more years for sure just to like let him build some momentum or whatever. But like, yeah, it's just, you know, after Pinson said he was going to transfer, it's like, okay, well, we're probably definitely not going to make the tournament next year now, unless he just loads up on, on dope transfers, which maybe he will. I hear Caleb Love wants to leave North Carolina and maybe play closer to home. He's, he's a, uh, he's a Christian brother, Ryan from CBC, Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, it's getting, Getting a little, it's looking a little rough right now, unfortunately, which sucks because I love college basketball so much. It's such a fun sport to have a good team in.
0: Y'all yeah, have to look up for Alabama. Um, I think it's JD Davidson. He is going to be a monster in this league next year. And that's why I got, that's why I'm like smiling from ear to ear because he's gonna be that dude, and he is awesome. And you had to go look at his high school stats, and I think in his last game, the dude scored forty three or forty four points in his last high school game. He is going to be a monster. So that's one of the reasons I'm smiling ear to ear because I think he was, I think he's a McDonald's All American, and he's like a high school player of the year in the state. And they might get the guy that plays, uh, one of our football players also plays basketball and a pretty good basketball player, Kool-Aid McKenzie. He's pretty good too. So like I said, I, I'm, I'm really optimistic about next year. I'm already looking forward to it because I, I just feel so good. But yeah, I think we got the right dude in place. I'm, pretty, I'm feeling, feeling pretty good.
1: Like, I, I can't really say that much about LSU right now, you know, in terms of like our basketball program, because there's still like the FBI is doing this stuff. And I'm like, they, they're in Baton Rouge trying to snoop up on stuff. And I'm like, I, I think me personally, I'm just kind of like annoyed with all of this, because to me, I feel like one, if you have something on Will Way, and I and I I give Will Way this much credit. He ain't doing what Hugh Freeze did, which was, if you see something, please email the NCAA compliance. I I give him that much credit. He doesn't go on social media.
0: I think, you know, the LSU thing, we're going to have to definitely dive into the LSU thing because what in the hell is going on? Because it's not just basketball, it's the football situation. And I'm like, what is going on? Seriously,
1: what is going I, on? I think I think the thing is that the state, the the way that this state works and the way that LSU works is that the governor, the state government, the legislative, they got too much say in what goes on in LSU, at LSU. What I think is also is 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 important here is that the board of supervisors they run the school. The president doesn't run the school. It's the board of supervisors because they made the hire about like Joe Oliva for years, for years, Stacy and Rob, I criticized Joe Oliva. And I said, the reason why I didn't want Les Miles fired because I didn't trust Joe Oliva to make the right hire for head coach. And on top of that, I was like, this guy does not understand Baton Rouge and he doesn't understand Louisiana. But one thing, but the thing that happened was when Will Wade got suspended. Joe Oliva made the decision to suspend Joe uh, Will Wade. That was when the board of supervisors decided to move in and get a guy, their guy, Scott Woodard, who was the athletic director at Texas A&M in Washington. And what they did was they basically had a... Um, a meeting at this fancy Creole restaurant in Baton Rouge. Basically, um, told the the president F. King Alexander to fire Joe Oliva and hire Scott Wood. The board of supervisors is the problem with LSU. They're the ones that they're they. And here's the thing. Coach O isn't going to get... As much as people think that's going to happen, Coach is not going to get fired because he won the national title. And on top of that, the Board of Supervisors not going to allow that to happen. The Board of Supervisors is the worst thing at LSU.
0: But here's the thing, though. How is he going to survive it? Because
1: I don't know. How do
0: you, and, and see, that's the thing. How is he going to survive? Because apparently... Guys were sitting up here hitting on grandmas, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on is. that this boy is hitting on somebody's grandma? I was like, was, What the hell is this? Was, like,
1: if there were like sexual harassment, like sexual harassment yeah. is di- yeah, I mean it's sexual harassment, but then again, none of us was there. I do think it's kind of disrespectful. It is, I do believe, yes, it's disrespectful, but that's Besides the point, he shouldn't have been playing football because of the sexual assaults. The sexual harassment is small potatoes compared to the sexual assault. You harm somebody, you violated somebody. Sexual harassment. Look, I didn't hit on 60 year old women. You know, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I'm not even gonna lie about that. But that's not anything near what those women endured at LSU and the university failed them because they want to protect football.
0: That's but that's the problem though is that and, 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 they knew all this shit was going on and they didn't do it. And that's why I'm asking what are they gonna do? Because how do you sit there and with a conscious mind sit there and say I'm we're just gonna keep this guy because they're already from what I saw on the video yesterday, they're calling to talk to t- Coach O because they said this lady was very compelling in what and what she said in that in that interview she said that coach O knew what was going on so if he knew out Was us about the coach at the time i guess i don't know but i think well, I, what if, was if going he knew on, and if didn't he knew about it and that's what disappoints me at some point how do you see you know go. that he knew he needs on
1: that point blank so i don't care if you did win the national title I'm grateful for that national championship season. I'm grateful for the whole that that season. But if he did know something, and if there is a lot of smoke and a lot of fire, he got to go. Period. And it's like, that's the thing. You got to hold, you got to tell these people that football, sports isn't going to run this damn university. And that's the problem with every damn university. Like, that, I think that's the problem with the South in general that we, hold up these football players and coaches as gods that's what this is how things like Tommy Tuberville happened this is how things like the lack of accountability for Darius Geis happened this is how Bobby Petrino (laughs) happened
0: yeah this is how I
1: mean it, it's it's a privileged thing it's like the sweet we view these football players as gods. like there's always going to be two sets of rules for the football players and the, and the regular students if we if joe
2: regular student was doing what darius guys did he'll be out he'll 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 be out of there i mean yeah dude, god i like a couple of years ago what joe mixon broke some woman's face right and he didn't go anywhere he didn't, yeah. he didn't even like lose a scholarship. They were just like, "You're redshirted this year now."
1: I will say this: it's really like the superstar privilege, because the superstar, the superstar players, they not gonna nothing's gonna happen to them. Darius Geis was the superstar. He was a superstar, so nothing was gonna happen to him. If that had been somebody low on the totem pole at LSU. Oh, he'll be off the team. You gotta, y'all gotta. Like that's what people people think. Oh, it's just. Oh, they just protecting the football players. No, 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 no. They protect the superstar football players. If you're a walk-on, let's say if you're like somebody like uh, Stephen Rivers, Philip Rivers' brother played at LSU. He he was he never saw any game action. He ended up going to Vanderbilt, and what happened was, uh, what what I kind of said. Let's say. If Steven Rivers did what Jordan Jefferson did, like get into a bar fight, yeah. Steven Rivers is going to get kicked off the team. Jordan Jefferson isn't. He might he might get he might get suspended like a game or so, but he's not going to lose his scholarship. He's not going to lose any of those things. It's a superstar. It's the superstar privilege. That's why Darius Geist was there. Jeremy Hill got had some issues. He could suit up. As long yeah. as you can suit up, as long as you can as, if you if you're a superstar, you can suit up. The only superstar they ever held accountable at LSU was Tyron Matthews. And it was for weed. Yeah. Not sexual assault, weed.
0: But I just it doesn't, it baffles me though that they basically the people in charge of LSU have basically sacrificed their football career because at some point. At some point, they're going to have to answer, and it may not be to the NCAA. It might be to the FBI. It might be, you know, because at this point, this is this is a crime. This could be a crime. And how do you sit there? I mean, at some point, you're going to have to answer. It may, not, like I said, it may not be to the NCAA because NCAA may not do anything. But they it not. may not matter. And I mean, and then, but the thing about it is, what if the, if, if the FBI or somebody comes in and they investigate? That's going to be the problem. It's not going to be the NCAA. It's going to be if the FBI or or some entity like that decides to investigate the program because they're already in trouble now with the the allegations and not stopping what happened with these rape allegations and violating Title, if I'm not mistaken, violating Title IX and all this other stuff. So how do you get out of it? And my thing is, I would start dumping people. like I would start firing people because that might be the only way they're going to be able to make it.
1: They're going to have to do that. Somebody's going to have to go. And what has to be done is like the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools is going to have is going to step in the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools is the governing body of schools like the University of Alabama, the University of Mississippi, LSU, Arkansas and uh, and countless others. So it's not an FBI thing. It's going to be the SACS that they could lose their accreditation because of this if they lose their accreditation then there's going to be problems and i don't think they're going to let that happen at lsu what's going to happen i think and i, I what i what i think what i think is they're going to get put on probation by the sacs cuz that's where it's not going to it's not going to be an ncaa problem it's going to be an sacs problem and I think, you know, and, it, and it's disheartening. You know, I'm an LSU fan and it's disheartening. It's like, how do you deal with this? And, you know, how do you answer to this? And there are people that are not going to be like, they're not going to be like, they're going to be like, they're going to swoop it over the rung because this LSU and this is Louisiana. And, and I'm like, you know, eventually you are going to have to learn something about accountability and you're going to have to teach your kids. And it starts at home about accountability for your actions, that everything, you know, you have to answer to things and that starts at home. And it's a thing that happens a lot with sport, with athletes, like athletes, they have like privilege that none of us have. And that stuff, permeates all the way up through the high school ranks through the college ranks through the pro ranks
2: yeah 100 percent. they're the most like famous people on the on the campus that can pretty much do whatever they want um you know all, all kinds of crazy stuff where like a, a normal kid might get kicked out for it or like put on serious probation for it and i'm not even just talking like we say all the time me and my friends joke all the time like man if uh they treated football teams like they treat fraternities. Half the schools in the country wouldn't have a football team. Cause as soon as you like someone screws up once, like the whole fraternity gets kicked off to mm-hmm. so, so say, you know, but like the football team, they generally do also t- terrible shit from time to time. And and uh, yeah, no, nothing really happens.
1: So now we got to talk about, we going to shift into talking about the elite eight games today and that nothing was there was nothing that was interesting today. The only I one that was. apart from Alabama UCLA, <laughs> there was also last night All Roberts and Arkansas. That was probably the best elite game one of the best games of this tournament so far. What were y'all thoughts about last night's action?
2: Uh, Oral Roberts should have won that game man they, they, they had that <laughs> kind, of, kind of blew it there at the end if I remember correctly um, and uh, I still don't know what to think about Arkansas if they're like the real deal or not because um, you know that they, they beat Tech who's good but freaking Tech missed God knows how many layups at the end of that game and then they draw Oral Roberts who you know let's be honest like arkansas should roll them they did roll them earlier this year and uh obviously their first round opponent wasn't too tough um so i i don't have a good read on arkansas yet uh still i think uh it wouldn't surprise me if we go in expecting like a good game between baylor and arkansas and baylor just beats their doors off uh and otherwise, uh, yeah, I, I, that UCLA—I I don't know—I don't know what the hell's going on with the Pac-12, man. For whatever reason, they're the best conference in basketball. All of a sudden, it's crazy. Like that UCLA team—I watched them during the year. They were so unspectacular. Like they just weren't that good or exciting. It's not like when you look at them, they don't look like a scary. Like especially, especially with for Mick Cronin, like you remember all his Cincinnati teams. Like those dudes were. It was very similar to Florida State. He always had just, like, long, athletic-as-hell-looking dudes. And you would just, like, watch them walk on the floor and be like, how does anybody beat these guys? Jesus Christ. Uh, but, like, while well, looking at this UCLA team, I'm not – like, they're clearly better than we thought, but I'm still not, like uh, – not looking at them like, whoa, this team is amazing or anything like that. I mean, like, Alabama looks like a way better team just on paper and, and when you just watch them play. But, man, UCLA – Pretty crazy. And of course, like a freaking blue blood accidentally makes another elite eight. Meanwhile, the rest of us basketball pores don't get anything.
1: I mean, we I mean, we really don't. But I mean, you look at you look at um at that game, the, the the story of the game, and Stacey, I know you saw my tweet was that Alabama just could not shoot their free hit their free throws. Like, how at do all. you I was like when this, when the game got down to like 65 to 62, Herb Jones was there at the free throw line. And I'm like, Oh my God, you just missed two free throws. And I'm like, the story of that game was all those free throws. They missed like 12 or 13 free throws last tonight. So think about those 13 points that they, those 13 points could have gotten, could have gave Alabama a three point win.
0: I think, you know, it was more than 13. They had 25 shots at it. That's what, that's why, this is why I'm, not a, I'm upset. But then I'm like, it Herb made one of those free throws, just one Reese's three pointer wins the game, and that's it. We, we play in uh, Michigan on Tuesday, but you cannot sit here. I mean, as bad as we played tonight shooting-wise, we didn't hit the three, but they played, I mean, I won't say well, but for them to play as bad as they did and we went into overtime still, should have like I said, should have won. We hit any of those free throws, game is over. UCLA went to the line maybe 18 times tonight or maybe 15. Alabama went to the line 25, so we can't sit there and say, oh, well, you know, it was the referees. I mean ref did make some crappy calls and I complained, but we yeah, were there were there, back. Was some,
1: there was some there it was some there were definitely
0: shit.
1: it was some terrible calls, but but you don't you don't put the game in the hands of the uh of the referees. I mean that's something that I learned. Um that was something I learned years ago. You don't do you don't put the game in the in the hands of the refs, and that's what happened. Uh that's definitely what happened. Um I did see the Oregon State story is amazing to me. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Oregon State, Wayne Tinker was on the hot seat entering this year at Oregon State. And what people don't realize is that Oregon State at one point was one of the, had a really, Oregon State's got a really proud basketball history. And, And this is like the first time in 30 and almost 40 years, they've been this far. They're like one game away from the, uh, from the, from the, from the final four and to see them get this far. And despite the, you know, the season that they had, it's really amazing. I mean, I think that's like the story. That's to me, the story of the, um, of the, that's to me the uh, uh, that's a Cinderella story like no other with Oregon State.
0: Yeah, that that might be the team I'm pulling for is them because I'm I was stunned. I missed um, most of the games yesterday because I was out to dinner for a friend's birthday, but I saw the Arkansas score, and I was like, wow! I was like, what what, what were they doing? But I I I think that Baylor is going to run Arkansas out of the building. I think Michigan is going to run UCLA out the building. I yeah. Think, I, I honestly, the top, the top seeds, for the exception of Illinois, who of course I picked as my championship winner in my other bracket, all the number one seeds look legit. I mean, I, I haven't been unimpressed with anybody yet, but I don't, I don't see, I think Michigan's size is going to get to UCLA. That's, that's what scared me if we had played Michigan was going to be their size. We were definitely going to have to be on point with three quarter because the size is going to kill, uh, is going to kill UCLA. They're going to definitely have to be hitting those threes. But Arkansas, say, I mean, Arkansas is going to have to play defense against Baylor, or they're going to get destroyed because Baylor is going to destroy
1: Arkansas. Baylor is going to destroy Arkansas. And I will also say we need to talk – we got to have a conversation about Houston. Houston was a team – Houston was a team that I thought – was a legitimate was a legitimate Final Four team entering the N.C. enter entering the season, and you look at what Kevin Ham Sampson has done, um, at Houston. I mean, he's got this team playing really well. This team went twenty seven and three. They lost the um uh, they lost the regular season title, you know, by at least a, like a, a half game to to Wichita State, and um, they won uh, last year. Of course, the uh, last season they won a share of. The, the regular season title but one of the things that i like about kelvin Sampson about this team this team plays really well he has a really good offensive system and if houston gets to the final four you know of the three you're the one you're like the only one stacy no offense that remembers when houston was in what was in Those Final Fours with Clyde Drexler and the Hakeem Olajuwon. So you were alive when that happened. We weren't. I mean, I was a few, uh, a few years, uh, uh, afterwards, and seeing Houston do what they did, um, uh, do what they have done so far in the NCAA tournament. They defeated, um, uh, let's see who they defeated in the NCAA tournament. They also they defeated uh Syracuse they just ran Syracuse out the building like they just ran them out the building they had that close call with Rutgers I was pulling for Rutgers because Rutgers had had so many Rutgers basketball has been so bad my entire life for them to get to that point to be a basket a three-pointer away from reaching the uh the sweet 16 um after all the bad basketball that they've been through—it's crazy, you know. It's really crazy. Uh, It—it's it, it, just really crazy. But this time around, they have Oregon State um, in the in the Elite Eight. I think Oregon State. I think Houston's going to run Oregon State out the building. Their athleticism uh, is not going to is not going to be uh, is not going to be able. To be slowed down by this Oregon State team.
0: Has Gonzaga been challenged at all? Because I think all nope. their games, yeah. And I'm I'm starting to believe now that it wouldn't matter if Alabama made the Final Four. I think this is Gonzaga's year. I think this this is it for them. I think it's either going to be them or it's going to be Baylor.
1: I, I think it's either going to be Baylor or Michigan or because I did have Gonzaga in my uh, Final Four. Um, right now. Oregon is down. Uh, USC is up 41 26 on Oregon at the half. Wow.
0: I didn't see that coming. I mean,
1: Andy Enfield, you know, we need to give the Pac 12 their flowers. Yeah. Because we don't, you know, we, I think to most of us, the Pac 12 is no different than the lower ninth ward in New Orleans. Like everyone forgets the lower ninth ward in the city, everyone does. And you look at what the what the, uh, the Pac-12 is doing. I'm like, we should have been paying attention to the Pac-12 a lot more than
0: we've been paying attention to the Big Ten. But see, we were sold on the Big Ten. We were told we were told that they were the elite conference, and they weren't. I mean, for them to have nine teams in, and you only got one, not, one to go uh, to it's the elite weekend. eight. Yeah, the second we that's I mean they were just overrated. People said, Oh, they weren't overrated. Yes, hell they were. I mean, come on. Come I on. mean,
1: they, def, they definitely were they definitely were overrated. I mean, you had a you had nine teams in the NCA tournament. You get one in this in the uh in the round of eight. And I think the year before the last tournament we had, I think you had maybe two or three. I know Michigan State and I think Purdue both were in the lead eight. The the Big Ten, the conversation that needs to be said is that the SEC, the last five or six years, has been a better basketball conference than the Big Ten, but nobody wants to hear that conversation. Mm
0: -mm, They're not ready for that
1: yet. We need to have those adult conversations because look at all the teams that have gone – to at least to the final to the sweet 16 to the second weekend um since 2015 texas a&m has done it florida's done it south carolina's done it lsu's done it tennessee's done it auburn um auburn's done it like you've had six teams make it to the round of 16 or further up um i, well, I forgot also kentucky you've had seven teams in the last six years make the round of sixteen, or, or 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 greater. I mean, you've had Alabama, you've had Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, Florida, and South Carolina. You've had eight teams. Eight teams. Normally in the sweets. Normally in the Big Ten, it's always the same teams. It's always either Michigan State, Michigan, and sometimes Ohio State and Purdue
2: yeah not
1: indiana anymore oh yeah, yeah. We, we have to i was in line like guys i tried to get i tried to get the fi- the second shot my second vaccine shot six days earlier apparently they say you have to wait 21 days like they literally would not they literally like i was i thought about lying basically lying to the um lying. But then they then I would have had to go to um, the convention center because they had to walk in the walk up like walk ins. So I go in there. And I actually was like, um, they first thought I was there to f- set an appointment. And then I was like, uh I have my vaccine card. So they look at the vaccine card. and They're like, uh young man, you're ca- you came six days late. I mean, six days earlier. I was like, damn, I didn't even know. Cause this is the first time I was like, I'm just so anxious to get vaccinated again because I miss being, I miss my normal life. You get what I'm saying? Y'all get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. so this, to add to this point, I'm in line waiting for the intake and I learned that Indiana hired Mike Woodson.
0: Which I figured out who he was now. I saw his picture, and I was like, oh, that's that guy. Okay.
1: Yeah, the bald-headed guy. The uh, bald-headed Mr. Mi- mm-hmm. Mr. Potato. Guys, we need to stop thinking of Indiana as a blue blood. It is not even a blue blood anymore. It's basically yeah. North Carolina State basketball.
2: I was going to say it's, it's, uh, it's like Tennessee football. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. said
0: Notre Dame. Or, or actually, I think I changed it to Nebraska because I said – they're Nebraska football, they're irrelevant. I mean, they actually had the nerve, and I said this to somebody else, one of my um, Bama basketball Twitter brothers, and we were talking because he told me, because I was like, who is that guy? And then I saw the picture, and I said, oh, now I know who he is. And I said, they're like Nebraska. They're not relevant. And I think the, they should have, if I'm Indiana, why would you not go out here and hire the coach from Loyola, Chicago? This guy has taken his team to the Final Four, and they went to, to the Sweet 16, and they beat Illinois, why would you not give him a call? Are they too good for him? I mean, or is that what they're saying? Because this guy is is going to get a big-time coaching job, and they're just going to let him sit in Chicago? Come on. That would be one of the first phone calls I'd be making. As soon as they lost, I would be calling this Loyola coach, and I bet money. He would have taken that job.
2: He would or have.
0: Why- and, or why are you not making phone calls to some assistant coach at Alabama or Gonzaga or, you know, North Carolina? Why aren't you making an assistant phone I mean, Indiana has gotten to the point that they think they're too good, you know, to do this. I'm, we're too good. We're an elite team. They, Indiana hasn't been elite since Bob Knight left. Let's be truthful about it. I mean, I think they went to one Final Four, what, under uh,
1: Mike Davis. Mike Davis.
0: <laughs> and that's it. And they haven't been elite in years and then they had the nerve to turn up their nose now they have to settle you know they're like the good looking guy that has to settle for the ugly girl they have to settle now so they won't embarrass themselves but I would be caught like I said the first phone call they should have been making would be the Loyola coach if Nate Oates left tomorrow for another school the first call uh, first phone call Alabama should be making would be to the guy at Loyola and the same thing with University of Texas with Shaka leaving to go to Marquette that would be the first call I'd be making
1: I was not surprised about him going to, uh, Marquette. Like I really wasn't, he's from Wisconsin and Marquette is a very, it, I went. I would say it's kind of a lateral move, but I also think that it's a really, I think that's Marquette's a really good job and it's better to get out before the posse gets you. And that's really what, um, happened with, um, with, um, shaka smart at at texas i mean they were gonna he was gonna get run out of there
0: i was about to mm-hmm. ask do you think because he left because of the racial thing or he's got to get i
1: i the- think i think it's a little bit of both mm-hmm. i want to say it's a little bit of both that's why i think it is i mean what rob what do you think
2: uh i mean people were pretty done with him like if even like fans who i know for a fact don't care about his race you know like there are a lot of fans who they, they, they just never liked his coaching style. They would all complain that they never had a plan on offense type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm sure uh, there's some good old boy Texans uh, donors or something that absolutely rubbed him the wrong way in that aspect. But, like, pretty much all the fans were ready for him to go. And then they had this great year, and um, they were thinking, like, well, oh, fuck, okay, maybe, like, maybe, all right, maybe he is the guy. And then they lose in the first round to an- another school in the state. I think that makes it worse. Um,
0: A small school it, in the state at that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think they're just done with him at this point. Because it was the, it was his best team by far. They win the, they win the you know, Big 12 tournament, although they kind of only won it. I mean, they might have won it anyway, but like they won partly because the team dropped out. But yeah, they, I mean like everyone was was pretty done with him at this point. Like cuz unlike, you know, I complain about Mizu and Konzo not getting guys, but like Shaka was getting guys. Mm-hmm.
1: And he just wasted their talent. Like I feel yeah. like he just wasted their talent because you get all these guys, you get a lot of like top 5, top 10 guys and you don't get to a sweet 16. You don't even win a tournament a tournament game. Nope. You know, it, it, you know, you don't win a tournament game or any of those things. And it's like, wow, man, really? You know, you deserve to, to me, I thought he deserved to get fired, you know, for losing the Abilene Christian.
2: Yeah, he, he was, and he was going to, and I think he quit. He was just like, what? they were just like, hey, maybe they were nice enough to be like, hey, if you can find another job, uh, I would, and we're fine with you, you know. So now, so now the question
1: is, who does Texas go after?
2: They're all in on Chris Beard. From who was Chris from Tech?
1: Tech oh, Tech, hmm. Texas Tech. I mean, he is a Texas alum. I would, I mean, I would go and look at Grant McCaslin at North Texas. I mean, he won an NCAA tournament game this year. Why not look at him or why not look at, um, you know guys like um i mean you could i wouldn't i wouldn't say archie miller i would love to see archie miller at a school like an aac school uh cuz i know there's a little like the issues that they're they there's a bunch of issues with uh cincinnati uh that they have like a lot of player defections and there's also the thing of uh in addition to that you know the fans are just like the the Uh, fans and whatever, are just fed up with John Brennan at Cincinnati. And I would love for that to be a, a good landing spot, either that or DePaul, like DePaul would be a good landing spot for Archie Miller. It's a Catholic school, you really don't have that many expectations. And on top of that, you can build a program, like build back the program at DePaul.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They've been gone for a long time. Uh, I think Texas wants a name. I don't think they want another mid-major guy. You know, I think they want, they want a big boy. They want a big fish. And, uh, and, um, but you know, I mean, I think they're, they're going to have to go to the mid-major out of Chris Beard doesn't want to leave. Um, but I mean, like he was a manager for the Texas basketball team. Uh, you would think he would want to go to Texas.
0: But is it? I mean, that's the question. Are any of these guys going to be willing to put up with stuff? Because I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, with their coaching situation with football, are they, they going to be able to attract the big name? Because if I'm a guy at Texas Tech, why would I leave there to go to Texas? And I already, I'm building my powerhouse here. I'm beating you guys probably already. And, right. You know, why would I put up with the crap? I mean,
2: because right.
0: Texas is gonna have that working against him. I mean, I wonder, I, I wonder in the back of my mind, was uh, Sarkeesian had left Alabama, if he knew all this was going down with the administration and the eyes of Texas and all this other stuff going on, would he have bothered? Would he have waited? Because somebody was saying that maybe he should have waited until the UCLA job became open. I said that that might have been worth it instead of going there now. All this pressure on him to have a great season, and they and they might have a decent season, but they're not probably going to compete for a national championship. But with all the controversies going on, I wonder would Stark have stayed if he knew?
1: Yes. I think he. I think he would have. I think he would. He would have stayed um, if he knew what was going on. I think, you know, he wanted to have his own program. I mean, everybody wants to have their own program. Everybody wants to be able to prove to everyone that they can lead a program. And Sarkisian, you know, given with what he had gone through, I think he wanted to prove to everyone that he could lead a program. I would would have loved him to be at a G5 school, like a, a G5. Uh, I was actually surprised that he didn't go the G5 route like um, Butch Jones. Butch Jones ended up going to uh, – Arkansas State and I think and I thought that was a really good landing spot for him uh, because of you know I, I didn't think he was ready for another another G5 uh, G5 job yet yeah I agree with that for sure
0: yeah no doubt no doubt and I think he should have waited but I, it's it's interesting but, but I wonder like I said what Texas is actually going to do because they can throw money in every anybody but you know money doesn't always talk a lot of people want stability at their program they don't want the the uh board of trustees dipping in and out of their business I mean I think that's one of the reasons Nick Saban has managed to be at Alabama as long as he has because he basically runs the athletic department and the board of trustees can't say anything to it you know when you win a bunch of championships you have that power nobody can say anything to you
1: That, and that, and, and I think that's the thing, and I think that's the thing that has to happen. Like at a lot of places, you gotta have a guy that's gonna tell the the, the boosters and the board of trustees to fuck off. That's yeah. what you have to have, and you don't really have that at a lot of places. Definitely not. Even definitely not here in in Louisiana. It's really like as I told you, the board of supervisors they run. They run the fucking athletic. They run the fucking university. It's not the president, but they. But it's the board of, uh, of supervisors. So that being said, we got one last thing, and it is uh, the update in the regional in the in USC Oregon. It is still halftime, forty-one twenty-six. USC is up by fifteen. So we got to make our picks for the Elite Eight. Oregon State against Houston. I am going with, I'm going with Houston. Stacy, what's your pick?
0: I'm going to go with the upset and say, Oregon State keeps it rolling.
2: Just keeps, keeps with whatever weird black magic they have going on right now. Right. Yep. Uh, I, I Houston actually one of my final four teams in my bracket. So I, I still have three of my four final four teams in thankfully, I guess not that I'm going to win. Cause I'm not, but, uh, I, I, at the last minute, I got really nervous about Illinois because I know that Illinois team well, Missouri plays them every year. I know Brad Underwood sucks as a coach. And I was just like, man, between Loyola Chicago and like, like this is a good bracket. Like I, I almost picked Loyola, I almost made that Loyola pick and I chickened out. But, um, I, I was like, screw this. I don't think it, like, I don't have faith. Illinois screwed up somehow. So I, uh, I went with Houston in, in, uh, My Final Four, so I'm sticking with it.
1: Baylor against Arkansas is an old school SW uh, Southwest Conference um, matchup during the Elite Eight. Arkansas back in the Elite Eight for the first time since 1995. Baylor, I think their last time was 2012. There's going to be a generation of kids that don't remember how bad Baylor was in basketball or in football this generation does not know that we know it but they don't and this generation definitely has never seen uh has never seen um arkansas reach the sweet 16 or even the elite eight i'm part of that we all three of three of us remember when arkansas was in the Elite Eight the last time back in 1996. Uh, 1995 was the last time they reached the Elite Eight in basketball, and it's a game that my man's John Maddox does not like to talk about. (laughs) Because Memphis played Arkansas in the Sweet 16, and before Calipari got there, that was the last time we had made the regional semifinal. Uh, But that being said, the pick, I have my pick, Baylor, marches on to the Sweet 16. I mean, not the Sweet 16, but the Final Four, shit.
0: Uh, I feel the same way. I just said it. I believe that Baylor is going to run Arkansas out the building. I think, quite frankly, and I didn't watch it, but from when y'all telling me Arkansas was lucky to win Saturday night, Baylor is going to rain threes on their head, like coals on top of their head. They're going to lose that game.
2: uh baylor's who i got winning it all so i'll stick with them again too one thing that's interesting that i wanted to look at was um arkansas is you know they play elite defense but the worst part of their defense is three point percentage so if baylor can shoot if baylor if baylor you know they don't even need to get hot they just need to play their game and they they should be okay and yeah arkansas is just don't trust them. So
1: now we go over to Michigan and UCLA. They are in the Elite Eight, the Sweet's 11 p.m. Uh, Apparently that's 11 p.m. They got the the late game. So we got Pac-12 after dark. And um, I am going to go with Michigan. UCLA, I love the story. Mick Cronin is in the Elite Eight for the first time ever. But time is going to run out. And it's going to be Michigan with the win over UCLA. Michigan was lucky. I will say this. They were lucky to beat LSU because LSU had them on the ropes.
2: Uh, Yeah, I was – I thought LSU was gonna. I thought they're gonna lose in the second round, um, Michigan. Um, but now I'm I'm picking them because uh, because i picked against them literally every freaking game, and they keep winning. So uh, screw it. I'm on board. Michigan doesn't care that Livers is out. I guess they're gonna they're gonna make a final four. And
1: in the last game is Gonzaga versus the winner of USC Oregon. We're going to go. I, I I take we're all in agreement. Gonzaga is gonna beat, uh, blow the doors off of whoever this is, whoever they play.
0: Yeah, I I think so. I think that this is like I said. I really believe now it's gonna be Gonzaga and Baylor, in my opinion, at the end. I'm I'm probably jumping early, but that's how I see it. And I with the Michigan game, I. I see them, they're, they're going to whoop UCLA. I'm I'm sorry, and I'm not saying this out business toward UCLA because they, they deserve to win, no doubt in my mind. They played a better game than Alabama. However, Michigan is big, and they're big inside. And and UCLA, from what I could tell, is not very big, and that's probably – No, they're
1: not. They're definitely not because, I, I mean, like, I don't know anybody – I don't know anybody on UCLA's team that can stop that big white dude.
0: Mm-mm. And that's I, can't, my I can't think, of was I, Alabama. Can't think of I was like, no way. That's why I was saying about Alabama. I was kind of glad we kind of lost because I was like, Michigan is, we're not going to stop that big guy. Cause we don't have a big guy. We would have to be hitting threes all night. And that was going to be our best chance of winning was knocking down the threes. But I, in this UCLA does the same thing. And they, they just got hot in the first half and we couldn't come back from that, but I don't see them beating Michigan. Nope. And I don't, <laughs> like I said, I, I'm definitely picking Gonzaga i think this like i said this might be it for them this might definitely be their year they haven't been challenged at all and i don't suspect they will be Uh,
1: i'm the same i feel the same i feel the same way as well i mean you look at what gonzaga is doing like this game this team reminds me so much of the 2012 kentucky team they remind me so much of that team because they were blowing people out like those games were not even close but I, I would say I take that back. The 2008 Memphis team—they were blowing people out. Like they were blowing people out. Like they blew out UCLA in the national title in the national semifinal game. And I always believed if Memphis had played UNC in the national title game, it would have been a blowout because nobody on UNC, nobody on North Carolina was fucking with Memphis, especially in the inside. So, the last thing is the NIT. My hometown team won the NIT championship today, y'all. I
0: thought What was the final score.
1: It was, uh, I think, 87-74. They had gotten off to a hu- a really good start on today. And I went to Oceana because I was out working. And I stopped into um, Oceana Grill on Conti in a quarter and it was like 15 nothing early on in the first half and then when it got to like when when I started watching the game um Mississippi State started to make a comeback and I'm like fuck I need to I need to get some work done and when I got home when I got to the house um Mississippi uh, they they had they had pulled away and they clinched uh, the second NIT championship in the school's history, in, in Memphis, in, in school history. And I was debating with myself, should I buy an NIT championship shirt? Because it's not like the NCAA shirt, an NCAA's championship shirt, but it's a championship shirt. Should I invest money into that? Should no. it be, I mean, should I invest money into that?
0: no. Because it's not the NCAA. I'm sorry. I used to get excited about the NIT for Alabama, but at a certain point I just was like, you're the fifth well, you're the 65th best team. That's what it says. No, don't buy a t-shirt. Don't buy it. <laughs> I sorry.
2: Say get, <laughs> I say get it. Get, get for the 69th best team now. I'm so.
0: sorry, 69th best team. No, don't yeah. buy a t-shirt. No.
2: Nope. I, I mean,
1: I mean, Memphis has been the four NIT Final Fours in my lifetime. Like they've been the four. They went to and uh they went in 2001 with the one wagon then they went again in 2002 then they went they won want, we won it in 2002 then we won it we went back in 2005 we went to three NIT final fours in 5 years with Perry. and then we went back to a fi- NIT final four this year so this would have been this is this is officially the fifth NIT final four in school history for us and on top of that the second NIT championship in school history so I may not do it I mean but I mean the thing that I always consider and I think Rob on my old show you all remember you remember me saying this the NIT is like the friend zone that's the friend zone yes yep it's the friend zone I'm it, I'm happy being in the friend zone if I buy an NIT championship shirt.
2: <laughs> yeah, you get it. You get it ironically, right? <laughs> I was like, because see, in the old days,
1: the NIT was like the more prestigious tournament because the NCAA didn't get a lot of teams. They would get like twenty five teams, or you know, twenty five or thirty two teams. So they would have like you won if you won your tournament. Or if you won your champ if you won the uh your conference you went to the NCA tournament and it's like now with 68 teams that prestige is not there so it's basically me saying i'm happy be- it's me basically buying a shirt bragging about being in the friend zone
2: i th- i just say go for it i just say do it hmm just enjoy the shirt. Get it framed,
1: you know. Right, 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 right. Because I had like a lot. All the other shirts I had, I still have like all my 2008 Final Four shirts. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what the NCAA says. Those games happen. and this is the the rant I had before we we end the podcast. We need to really stop this whole vacating wins shit because those games happened. That joy that everybody had in those seasons happened. Because you know, I don't understand the point of vacating wins ever. I never understood it because those games happened, those memories happened. I remember that 2008 season. It was just so much fun. It was like Mardi Gras every fucking night at the at the FedEx Forum with the Memphis Tigers. And yes, they played in a shitty ass conference, but those games happened. Everybody loved. Everybody loved them. Some. Um, Love them to Calipari. I use. I I'm friends with, um, a couple of his daughters and, um, eventually I'm gonna have to bring her on our podcast to talk about her experiences being a kid watching her dad coaching in the final four. Uh, eventually that's going to happen. I, I don't know, um, how the schedule is going to permit, but I would love to get her on our podcast to talk about that. But before we go in, before we close out the podcast, I got to tell you guys about Mill Brewery 405 6th Street in the Irish Channel of New Orleans, a title sponsor of the podcast. And, folks, let me tell you this Mill Brewery is one of the best kept secrets in the city of New Orleans. They got a tap room, they got a place where you can buy beer. And, more importantly, more importantly, more importantly, you can order beer to go. They got Mammoth Espresso at meal on Saturdays and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then they got the March pop-ups uh, tomorrow. Crawfish boiled by Scarmusa's Seafood from 5 to 8. And then on Tuesday, Southern's food truck is right, bringing the hot chicken back. It's good, man. <laughs> it's good, man. I will say this, man. I I will say this, y'all. We let's just be grateful. I'm grateful that I I'm grateful that I have a that we are talking about basketball games. Like last year, I mean, you remember this, Rob? Uh, uh, you, me, and Rach, we were texting each other about what was going on with the pandemic and everything. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. It was like, the, the, those months without sports, that was like a very, very dark time for everybody.
2: Yeah, it sucked. Like, was, that was a dark time. Was not into it at all. And didn't realize how much I just watched sports. It was like, just on in the background, even. I
1: explained this to someone. Look, we need sports the same way that I need JoJo. Sit singing, uh, singing a love song to me outside on Corundelet Street in front of my board in front of my room and house.
2: (laughs) Exactly.
0: I, like I said, I remember, I think this is when we the they decided to show the Michael Jordan documentary, and I think things sort of kind of started to get kind of back to normal because we were able to talk about something other than the pandemic, so it's. Like I said, it was a great year for all three of our teams. Like I said, I can't be upset. This was great. This was no, great. No, I mean, th- you,
1: you can't be. You can't be. I mean, anybody that's upset about your team making the NCAA tournament, I'm like, look what you look what we didn't have last year.
2: Right.
1: Look at what we didn't have last year. Okay. Look at what we didn't have last year. I always go back to that. It's sort of like the guy that told me but nothing was gonna change when Joe Biden got elect uh, got in office. I was like, dude, did you not see the last four years? Hmm? Huh? Yeah, did you but- not see the last four years? Now, the only thing that changed, the only thing that changed, thanks to Joe Biden, I have a brand new HP laptop.
2: What, your stimmy?
1: That yes. I got my st- I did not sleep for two. I did not go back to sleep when my STEMI hit. <laughs> it hit like two o'clock in the morning, and I also uh, uh, supported a bunch of my friends who are sex workers. <laughs> I, I, um, I I support. I mean, I I they look. They're friends of mine. Like I sent like one of my friends. She's a Cardinals fan. And she uh, lost her job. So I subscribed to her OnlyFans for the life experience.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I
1: mean, I I look uh, like I say, look, if you're if you're a friend of mine, I'm going to support your endeavors. Even Mm -hmm. if you are a sex worker. But anyway, folks, guys, we are coming to the close of the RSR show. We'll be back with another episode probably later this week because, of course, the games, uh, The uh, we'll be talking about the Final Four and stuff. We might be joined by Dan from Cincinnati. Um, Dan from Cincinnati, as he gives his opinions on the, on the world of college basketball. But that being said, for Rob, Stacy, this is Ryan saying thank you for your time this time, and until next time, We'll see you down the road. Say goodnight, Stacy. Goodnight, Stacy.
0: Wash your hands, folks. Wear your mask and get your vaccine. Get, get the vaccine, people. And don't
1: and wait until it's 21 days, not 15, 21. You don't want to be you don't want to hang your head in shame like I did today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week, folks. <laughs>